Hello everyone, welcome back to The Industry Talks. Today we are interviewing Charlie Norton. He is a director, screenwriter, and filmmaker who I actually worked with uh, a little over a year ago on Graffiti. I played a small supporting role and it was an amazing experience. It was probably one of my favorite projects I've ever done. He was amazing to work with. The cast was amazing. The film looks great. It is not publicly yet, but it will be. Right now, he is currently enrolled at Hofstra University and he is doing filmmaking classes and he is doing amazing things. I can't wait for you guys to hear everything he has to say. He is so experienced and just here it is. Hello everyone, welcome back to Youth Industry Talks. Today we have someone who I've worked with before, uh, Charlie Norton, here he is. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi everybody, my name is Charlie Norton. I am currently a film student at Hofstra University. Um, and I am a director, screenwriter, and cinematographer based out in the New England area, working in the independent scene. And um, I also PA on higher budget productions that shoot in New England. And uh, yeah, thank you, Justin, for having me here. It's been, it's been a while, a long time to see. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I'm so glad to have you on. My first question, I redundant, but I ask everybody, what made you realize you wanted to get into the industry and filmmaking and writing and all of that? And when did you realize you wanted to do it professionally and like take it very seriously? So I've been into film since I was around nine, 10 years old. I'm probably going to tell the same old story of like, I held a camera, my mom's video camera, my dad's video camera, and that's where it all began. But I'm going to be really straight up. That kind of was how it was. But um, yeah, I got into film when I was young. I liked just recording just like random stuff and kind of going from here and there. And then uh, when I got into high school, like I kind of took it a little bit more serious. Um, I did a lot of my video promos for my high school um, when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. And um, I kind of transitioned that into narrative storytelling once I started college. And um, I think the thing that really wanted me to get into the film was that I wanted to tell stories. Um, I wanted to tell compelling stories that were not only uh, meaningful to me, but also possibly meaningful for others. And um, trying to get some, give people a good feeling of going into the theater or going into YouTube or like wherever you're watching uh, content and really get this strong emotional attachment to it, whether if it's very romantic, if it's suspenseful or um, anything in between. Um, and I just really have been sticking with it for a couple of years now. And I didn't know that you could find jobs in film, especially living in the Northeast. And now that uh, the Northeast is one of the top areas for shooting out these days, it's there's jobs everywhere. And it's really just, just breaking into that first step. And it's led me to just kind of working with people who I never thought I was going to be able to work with. And uh, yeah, I'm just very grateful for where that journey is in the very short side of it. But it, yeah, it was very, it was very passionate about it when I was younger. And uh, I'm just very glad I'm a part of the industry today. Yeah, that's awesome. You, you like pursued it from such a young age. That's like one of the big things I like talking to people about is how they, they just kept with it, even like when they became to be um, a young adult or like a older teenager. Um, I mean, next question is starting at like the very root of when you have an idea, do you have a certain like process or where you go about getting an idea onto the page and then filmmaking that's like your job which you could talk about for probably four hours the process of how you go from like an idea to like actually doing it but to sum it up how would you say that you typically go about it do you like bring certain people in all the time do you start independently how do you go about doing that so before I had a network it was always independent I think how everyone rolls it's you have to start from somewhere and um I have always liked telling stories that um, 
either happened to me or have been adapted based on stories like that, or even stories I've heard from friends and family. Um, so inspiration kind of comes from everywhere. Um, it really just depends on your outlets and where your creative drive is. And where that's the storyteller, the director, where you want to put your shoes into the characters that you write. Um, and I like just getting stories that like I've experienced personally um, and kind of translating that into characters and not base it off around personal life. That's kind of usually you don't want to do it like that per se, but like you take aspects of your life and you kind of draw it into characters and then things that you see around in your surroundings and creating this whole perspective of the world that you're creating on the page. Um, these days I have a little team, uh, good friends of mine, uh, such as the likes of Brendan Egan, Haley Pine, Charlie Tacker, shout out to you three, love you guys. Um, I work with them a lot on a lot of stuff and um, we uh, just write whenever we can. We help each other out on uh, projects that we worked on. Um, I've also worked with the likes of Wilco Media with Nick Williams and uh, Hop Top Films with Evan Schneider. Um, I don't do a lot of stuff on the creative side with them, more so with Nick Williams. Me and him have worked on a couple of things before we produced a film back in spring. Um, but I do a lot of um, create like more technical stuff with them and I kind of lend them a helping hand on whether on creative revisions or even just being an asset on set. But on creative process, it really, it just depends on what time of story you're trying to tell. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it really depends on what kind of story you wanna tell. And you want to be able to translate those thoughts um, and kind of have it make sense and condensed and really in a way where it's taught in a truthful matter and an organic matter. Um, and it just depends on how complex it is. A short film, is easier to write than a feature film per se. And, but it really depends on what kind of story you wanna tell and how your ambition is gonna go. Cause for some people, ambition is like their biggest strength but also their biggest weakness because when they wanna go make it, they realize they need money <laughs> but, um, or other assets to kind of make that happen. But um, you kind of really just can't rely on assets right now. You kind of rely, you have to rely on your imagination and let that soar over the logistics of actually going out and doing it. Um, my process is just going out and trying to write it. And I will say writing is hard because sometimes you know what you want, but you don't know how to translate it in writing. And you realize that when you're doing that, you're the only one that's reading it. And there's gonna be other people that will be reading it time to time. But I feel like sometimes when I go in, I get really nervous of what other people will think of my work. But I feel like that's also a creative insecurity amongst actors and directors and writers and cinematographers. Like we always have this insecurity of we're always afraid that our work is not good and we can't really be stepped back by that. We kind of have to take three steps forward and no, no steps back and just push through and just say, this is how we make it and this is how we're going to do it. Um, so it really, it really comes about drive per se. Yeah, that's so true about like just letting yourself put it out there like even if it's just to a few people I remember I, I literally like this week I finished finished is a big word there's a beginning middle and end to something but obviously no one's ever satisfied with it it's like very draft but anyway I was very nervous to have my teacher read it I have an independent study at school where I write and I do acting stuff and business stuff it's basically like a study block and have a teacher there to like help me with writing and stuff and I had her read it for the first time and she read it in the room with me. And I was like mortified. Like I was like, she's in the room, like she's right there. Like she's literally reading exactly what I wrote. And then we talked about it and she gave notes and we, whatever, but it was actually way more helpful than I thought it was. I thought she was just going to write it and be like, eh, it sucks or, oh, this is really good. It was actually really like insightful. And I'm glad that I 
like push myself to even let like one person like read something right. that you wrote and we're insecure mm-hmm. about. That's so true. And least for another question, you were saying before when you didn't have like connections and networks like you do now, what was your first on-set experience like, like filming something, directing something, writing something, et cetera? And how has it evolved and changed and grown like to where you are now? Oh man. Uh, now that you're bringing that up, you don't know how many flashbacks I have for my first set experience. Um, <laughs> this was about four years ago. I was a PA on an indie set with Haley Pine and uh, writer-producer Seth Chitwood on a student short film called Harper's First Kiss. And um, I met Haley back like in May or April of a film festival, and she's one of my close friends. And uh, I we kind I kind of kept that network going. She had she worked as an actress. She's done a lot of stuff. Um, and then she invited me on set to be a PA. And I was like, oh my God, this is my first time ever on a film set. I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, and also I was just interning at the Rhode Island International Film Festival at the time. So I was kind of starting doing like film theory stuff, but like I was still very abroad to the whole idea. Um, but this project was the first time I was ever on a set. And it was a 12 hour day. I was not expecting a 12 hour day to be like that long, but I was doing a lot of simple tasks. I got to, I got to know her a bit better. I got to know her producer better. Um, I also got to meet the likes of Chloe Lang who plays a Stephanie from Lazy Town for those who know that from Nickelodeon, um, as well as, um, I forget, Joan, I forget his last name. Uh, <laughs> um, I met some other people that I knew on set um, and they, I keep in touch with them every now and then. Um, I just, I love uh, just the aspects of just meeting people on set and watching them do what they do. And um, I just got to do a lot of simple tasks. I got to held a, um, an opal, which is like a little reflector, um, silver surfer. So I was like, oh, I didn't know what that was at the time. But like I got to pretty much be a helping hand. And I, uh, I loved working on that set. And I uh, got a lot of awards when it was on its festival run. And um, I was just like happy to be part of the experience and to be a part of something that did a lot. And that was my first IMDb credit. And I thought that was the whole rave of, um, oh my God, I'm official. I made it on IMDb. I'm on the database. Let's go. Um, flash forward now. I just wrapped up almost a year ago. Um, I, yeah, I, almost a year ago, I finished a short film called Graffiti, um, which I think we're going to get into a little bit later. But um, Let's get into I, it right now. Let's go. Oh, you want me to get into it right now? Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll combine that stuff. Okay. All right. So I um I started making some more complex short films in high school and college. Um, I did one in high school that I don't really promote anymore, but it was like my first attempt at narrative filmmaking, which was called Boys and Girls. Um, and I checked on my YouTube channel. It had like over fifty thousand plays, and I didn't even realize that because I don't even check my stuff when it's uploaded. But I was like, oh, I guess people saw it. So, um, that, that happened. Um, but that was like my, uh, senior thesis in high school. And, um, I was happy that I got to make it because it was my first step of like actually having something, um, regardless of how good it is or not. I don't really look at it that much, <laughs> but, um, and then I got into college and I started, uh, taking a lot of film classes, a lot of production. I kind of started getting film 101 in my system and having that education. And sometimes film school is great, but it's not, it is not for everyone, but, I was been benefiting off film school and I love Hosha's program and they've taught me so much. I have the greatest mentors there. Um, I've, they're the reason why I've had a great network of people who I work with outside of the school. I have some people inside as well, but I love working in new England and especially how the pandemic has changed things around. I've been able to kind of focus on the new England market right now. 
and to working with great talented people like you and me and other people likewise. Um, but it was during fall 2020, I took my first big jump of uh, making a narrative short film based off one of my aunt's screenplays that it was one of the first screenplays I've ever read. And it was called Graffiti. It was about a psychotic high school principal who is conducting a graffiti investigation in the boys' bathroom, and it leads him down to a schizophrenic nightmare. Um, and I was doing this for my sophomore film project um, for class, getting it for credits. And I remember my professor before, this was before pandemic, before we all went home, he tells me, Charlie, when you make your 47 film, your intermediate film, you are going to have to go above and beyond. And I didn't take, I took that literally because he was expecting like something I was better than like a beginner freshman film. And he, re I realized that I made a senior film once it was done and I did that by accident. <laughs> but um, we shot, we readapted it back in like August of 2020. And then I worked on it all fall with pre-production. Brendan Egan helped in and helped write and he helped um, uh, co-direct with me and uh, kind of get things off the ball. Um, and I was very excited. This was going to be my first film to kind of really just edge in and really take charge of. And um, I casted you, Justin, <laughs> who's in it. Um, and then I also worked with the great Matt Stana from uh, Story of Queens, Kyle Gregory from Fall River Mass, and uh, Ryan Curley, uh, amongst of other people who I work with, Kim Fogerin and Nick uh, Eaton. And we got to create a great short film with a crew of 50. And especially two years ago when the pandemic was at a height, I think everyone was looking at us thinking that we were insane, um, especially with the times happening, but we somehow made it work. And it was one of my greatest fears just walking on that set because you had people that were not only students, high school students to be actually to note, but we also had industry professionals on set. And it was just this hybrid of student and indie and even low-key professional filmmaking kind of coming together and putting something together in a day and a half. We had to shoot 16 pages in two days, which is, I don't recommend at all. We somehow got it done without a problem with no, like no fights, no nothing. I, like crew chemistry was spot on. And it just, we somehow were able to put this magic together. And that this was the first time that I realized um, with Brendan and with Matt and with Nick Williams and with you, I, it, it was like we just made something that we were not expecting to get done that smoothly. And to cop it off in the middle of a pandemic when no one was shooting, I was very impressed by that milestone. And I was very happy that I was able to kind of take a jump at that and really take a risk early on because reputation really matters in this industry. Um, and it's really a who you knows game. And sometimes one bad move could lead to a slip and you just kind of kind of keep cool. There were moments, I'll be honest, there were moments that we were bickering about things like very minor stuff, but it's like, we can't think about that. You can't destroy the vibe of a set and we just got to shoot it how we can because sometimes you're on time constraints. We were on time constraints on that set. But thinking of it now, it's 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, this, I look back and I just say, wow, like we put something together really special. And I would, it just helped me be able to get bigger gigs. It's helped me be able to work on bigger sets. And uh, it's screened at a lot of festivals so far. And we're still on its festival run. And I just, I'm very grateful for the whole, just the whole conception of the project. Like I, I don't take anything for granted. Everyone played a huge role in that, even the PAs. They were the, some of the greatest PAs. Now, that are DPing stuff. I help them recommend and get gigs. It's like they're, they have 
everyone has grown from this project. Like it's one of those special things where it may not, regardless of how people think of it, like I, I think it looks good. I think other people have seen it. It looks good. I don't, I hope you think it's good. <laughs> oh, I love it. I would just, I'll get into my thing. You can go in. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like everyone played a huge role in that. And I, I just couldn't take it for granted. And looking at where we're all now, like we're all doing very well. And I'm very happy, especially now that we're getting better and everyone's shooting stuff again. And we're, you know, story, more complex stories being told. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm taking in and saying, wow, it's, it's one of my greatest moments I've ever had. And I'm hoping I get more of those opportunities in the future. It, that was put beautifully. Everything you just said, that was out of the two days I was on set for one of the days I had a small supporting role, but I remember the audition. I got backstage. Of course, that's how everyone does things that and breakdown express, but I submitted on backstage. You reach out to me, blah, blah, blah. So the sides, yada, yada. I auditioned whatever. And I, um, I finally got my, gone into the habit of auditioning and forgetting about something because a lot of the times it's a no. So I had, you know, for, forgotten about it and I like, didn't even think about it. Ended up booking it. I knew Brendan, he like put in a good word, I guess. And then you were like, okay, like, would you like the part? And I was like, um, yes, I would. Yeah. And then, uh, um, now of course this was a student film. So I, this was also like a year, was it wait a year ago right over a year ago we shot it we shot it more than a year ago and oh yeah right because picture right yeah it was like okay. november 2020 that's when we yeah, shot. right so <laughs> over a year ago and then i was just very like not skeptical but i was just very nervous i had been on defending jacob for one day as a tiny tiny role i did one very very low budget indie film before that but there was no crew the crew was like two people not, not even a joke oh geez and then yeah. And then I got this. So I was very just like, you know, student films, you never know. So I was very like, okay, like what's going to go on? Like whatever got there, tons of people, like a full, like, I was like, this is a full crew. Like we have, you know, pandemic, they're normally like skeleton crews. This, like you said, they're like 50 crew members you said, right? For We were almost at 50. I probably would have gotten shot straight on by Fall River, uh, the Fall River community and Durfee High School. Um, and even Hofstra, like now that they're going to find out about this now, <laughs> like I would have gotten shot that I had more than 10 people on my set, especially right. during a pandemic. But, yeah. um, thank God for testing. Um, right. I know, anyways. Right. <laughs> and yeah, it was, yeah. it was cra- like, it was crazy. Just like the production you like, uh, it was just awesome. It was like the, the, one of the, one of my favorite set experiences ever. Obviously I didn't see any of the cuts for weeks and months as actors don't because you guys are editing and splicing and color and all that stuff that I don't do but uh I remember like then I was like oh hey you said oh we're like picture wrapped um just finishing a few more things but as soon as we're done you know we'll we'll send the cast and crew the the film so sure enough a few months later I get it and I'm I'm very nervous I'm like I really hope it looks good I'm like you never know like I'm like I really hope it looks good so I watch it and I I, I haven't texted you this. I was genuinely blown away. Like it looks like a feature film. That's just a short film. Like it's just shorter. Like every shot is perfect. Every, everybody was amazing to work with. Like you did such a good job. Like it is the highlight of my reel. It's obviously in my theatrical reel. It is like the highlight. I think it's the first clip in my reel actually. 
I think it, I think it, it, it is. is. I saw it. Yeah. I it saw is. your it's reel the, and I was like, it's yeah. It's the first clip. I, I edited it with my coach and he was like, he was like, oh, this is definitely going first. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, it, I it think is- everyone has done that. Everyone has made graffiti first. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I saw it like all Kyle, like Matt's reel was like, that was first. Like graffiti was the first thing I saw. And then, um, Kyle Gregory's reel. Like, I think I saw it. I think I did <laughs> like his, it was on it. And then even Ryan Curley, um, his reel was on it too. Like every, everyone put it on the reels. And I was very surprised, but like, I never really look at that in that perspective is that I, I, I guess I take that as a highlight as a compliment. So. It is, it is. <laughs> because it, it yeah. really, it does look good. It sounds good. Like it just is really good. Like the story is good. Everybody was amazing to work with Matt and Ryan, who I worked with most of the day because I had most of their scenes with was so fun. I still, my favorite scene that I've ever shot in my entire life was that fight scene. I don't know if I've said this story before, but I don't know if you remember, cause you obviously your brain is like driven the entire day, but I, yeah, it's like, yeah, you were. Yeah. So I remember we were doing the fight scene. It was like, we started at like 7.45. We were a little off schedule, not off schedule enough to be freaking out, but enough to be like, okay, guys, like we got to like, we got to get this. Like we don't want to film it a million times. And I was like, okay, like whatever. A little nervous because I never done a fight scene, but I was like, okay, whatever. So originally you said, I'll never forget this. You were like, originally we're going to just do like your guys' feet. Like you're going to um, stumble back and we're just going to do like feet choreography essentially. So me and Ryan were kind of like practicing how we were going to do that. And Brendan was like, the camera is going to be here and this is going to be here. And so you come in and you're like, okay, guys, we're going to do, we're going to do a shot. And you were like, okay, we're ready. And then you like talk to Brendan for a little bit and you were like, change of plans. I want to show it. Like, I want you to do it. And we were like, uh, okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. And then you left for a minute. Okay, choreograph something. I got to go do something. You left the bathroom for like two minutes. Me and Ryan looked at each other and we both said at the same time, we were like, have you done a fight scene before? And we both were like, no, we haven't. So we choreographed (laughs) something and no joke, like a minute you come in and you're like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. And we did it and it was, it actually looked, maybe not the first one, but eventually it actually looked real and it looked really good all because of Ryan's timing. I could not have done what he did. All I had to do was throw the punch. He did the hard work, but it was so fun. And it was hilarious because he had that blood in his mouth sometimes for like four minutes at a time, because you'd be like, okay, we're going to shoot in 30 seconds. Oh wait, sorry. No, like in one more minute. And he would just be standing there with like the blood in his mouth. And I would be laughing my ass off and he would just be there <laughs> silent with like blood in his mouth it was so right. fun. fondest memory that that whole now that you say like i ran in and out because my mind was so delirious god bless brendan thank god <laughs> i was i was directing a dp in graffiti so that's yes. for those who think my i have given very broad directing notes when i was what two years ago 19 years old i'm yeah. like yeah that's my bad <laughs> no i was- definitely learned so much from there it was no, it was awesome. The fondest experience. It was okay. It was the best. Okay, as long as that was the case, that's perfect. It was. It was it's so an, fun. Right. It, it was one of the scenes where, like, I, I, I never, I, I, like, I physically got into it. I remember my mom was standing outside watching like the monitor because she had to be on set, and I think my sister was there actually because she had to come, whatever. And I came yeah. out and we were done or whatever, and I went up to her and she was like, "I can't believe that just happened." I'm like, "What do you mean?" She's like that looked real because I am not someone that would ever do anything <laughs> like that. Like, you know me, I'm not like, I would not do that. My mom you would was not hurt a fly. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. My mom was shocked. She still talks about it. It's so anyway, it was the best. Oh, I love that experience. 
Oh, God bless graffiti. Sequel? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, you said New it. New project. You said it. New project coming up. Who knows? Yeah. What was the biggest or one of, because there's a lot of lessons you learn, biggest lessons you've learned since you started filmmaking, like uh, doing big things like four or five years ago, I think you said, into going into college? Trust the process. Simple as that. The filmmaking process is one of the hardest experiences you're ever going to go to when you start off. Um, I'm still struggling with it myself too sometimes. Um, You really just have to go for your gut a lot of the time and just go do it. And you will never know unless you try. Um, You you missed 100% of the shots you don't take. I'm still in that quote from Wayne Gretzky. But um, you, it's really all about where your mindset's at. I've worked on sets where some, even mine, um, where sometimes I'm been delirious and I like don't know what I want. Um, and I've also been on other sets where um, I've seen people know what they want, but also not know what they want. Most of the time, I like I figure out like what I know what I want on paper, but then there's moments where just stuff happens. But um, you really have to be very detailed oriented and really just kind of expand and expand your mindsets of how you're going to do it. It's not just a simple establishment shot and coverage coverage sometimes it's a little bit more we're trying to show something we're trying to feel something uh we really have to capture that um even in terms of larger budget productions and kind of getting that off the ground like hey filming in high school if you have a program a film program that you can use people there's people who know camera or sound or even acting great you got your resources right there you go start off that's how people get their start Um, if you didn't have any of those resources, like I did when I was in high school and you go to college, not knowing what you want, um, that's okay too. You just have to go in and meet people. This whole industry is a connections game and it's really got to show your good persona, put on your happy face, happy mask. Um, it's, you really, it's patience. It's, I have learned the patience over the past couple of years too, of you're not, no one is going to be Steven Spielberg. There's only one Steven Spielberg. Um, no one's Quentin Tarantino. There's only one Quentin Tarantino. There's one Charlie Norton. There's one Justin Cullinan. Um, that's, you got to kind of look at it as that you are your own filmmaker and you have to create a style that shows true to you, true to your heart, but also true to your craft on the screen. And sometimes things work and sometimes things doesn't. I would love to share an unsuccessful story because I actually think this would be really good for this. And, yeah, please um, do the last film I worked on, I directed. And I love how it came out. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know what I want to do with it right now. Um, and you auditioned for it, Justin. Um, oh, so, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I can't, I didn't, sorry, Justin, I didn't cast you. <laughs> but um, no, I casted, um, I casted Ryan Hurley from Graffiti and yeah. um, another person. Amazing and actor. I love the work. I worked with Ryan. He's amazing. I would love to work from a million times. Love you, Ryan. Shout out to you. Um, but I worked on this not the 60s script um, about two teenagers who go and um, kind of ha- go ha- on a date hookup kind of deal. And um, I wanted to play around with this uh, way of like reversing like the gender role and those like sexual encounters um, where people think that, oh, it's like always the man that has to be dominant. But I wanted to switch it and have the female be our main lead and kind of take control of the scene. Um, I worked Again, I worked with Ryan. I knew who Ryan was. I worked with someone else. I'm not going to name them. Um, and it was just very, I, we were doing a lot of stuff on Zoom. So we were kind of still kind of getting comfortable coming back into the room. 
but I didn't know this person that well. And I wanted to um, be the best person I can to support them. And I, it, it was, I was seeing red flags early on, but like, I kind of brushed them off. And then when we got on set, it was a two day shoot. It was like eight pages. So we do four and four. We kind of had the whole thing deal figured out. The first day was cold. And because of that, I, I mean, sometimes budget comes in. We were shooting literally right outside um, an office, like of a base camp. And um, we got everything that we needed to do, but we were running out of time because of the sun. And then I, I personally didn't have, um, I didn't have the right things to keep everyone warm. Like the only thing that was keeping everyone warm was the car. Um, and all crew was bundled up, but I mean, this person was wearing, you know, they're wearing very thin clothing. So it was just, it was very hard. So I made a mistake there. Um, but then what I learned was attitude. Um, this person had, you know, an attitude thing. And I just, I tried it work and it just wasn't working. Um, and it shut me down as a director. And that's my biggest weakness is that like when something emotionally brings me down, like it will shut me down completely. Um, and that's what happened. And I, it just like, we were able to get what we needed to get. And thankfully we got the most important stuff with this person, but then the actor dropped out. Um, and I was like, what the heck? We were all what the heck. Cause we were like, it was just two days. That's all it was. It wasn't like anything crazy. And we had to do just the beginning and the end and then dropped. And we just were like, oh my God, what the hell are we going to do? Like, like everything got screwed. Um, it was honestly a very unprofessional move. And we all talked about it earlier. Like, before like a couple months ago i don't even remember how long but like it was just we were very shocked we weren't expecting that um we thankfully were able to salvage it um we did a lot of creative juices i blessed the wonderful nick williams of wilco the greatest man i've ever met um he and his script supervisor who was also working on this project we came up with alternative dialogue with ryan and with nick eaton who was also in it as well from graffiti and we were able to come up with this whole Bant, this guys will always be guys banter like talk you know how guys like talk crap about like their experiences yeah. we incorporated that and kind of incorporate what we already shot as untruthful manner so like a false narrative so that's how we were able to salvage it i look back at it now and there were things i could have worked on better i could have been a better communicator i could have been more alert as a director to know who was i casting and who was i working for um, another important thing is check those resumes because I did check this person's resume, but then I looked at it again, it got changed. I found out it was all BS, but um, sometimes you have to be very, you have to be alert of everything. You have to be alert how they talk to you too. Even in your text messages, you got to be alert. Right. And on set, when there's banter, like no one likes to be talked behind their back for set banter, but you have to be very detailed oriented of who you're working with. And not everyone is going to be sunshines and rainbows. But sometimes you're going to be dealing with some of the best people who are not the best people um, in terms of on-screen talent and personality. So there's just things as a director, you have to be very open-ended. And I'm still learning and I'm still trying to get my bounce back on the next project I work for. I hope I do better on my next one. But there's, I, sometimes when we're on these things, it's not about all success and glory. Sometimes it's failures. And sometimes we have to be acknowledge the failures. Yeah, that's really, that's really good advice, especially to... Well, anyone, anyone really who works on a set is not just your talent. You can be the most talented person or the most skilled person at whatever, whatever the millions of jobs is you can be on set, but it's also how you act. And that's also how you keep connections. If you lose one connection from one film, think about how many people work on that film and think about how many people they also know, you know, and it's, it's not always like rumors or high school drama. It's like professional, like we're working, like, you know, like it's a right. job, like we're working, we're trying to make something here. Luckily. I've said this a million times, luckily of all the student films and like, even like 
indie low budget things that I've done. I've never had a bad or like sketchy experience with anybody. In fact, like everything I've worked on, I'm so lucky to like actually like all of the people that I've worked with. Like I've never had an issue with anyone I've worked with. It's like, and that's, that's rare, like to say that's bad to say, but that's kind of rare. Like, especially as an actor or like, um, indie film director, when you're starting out, you got to gauge who you're with and you got to like, a lot of the things you're doing might be very low budget or you might not know the people yet. So when you first start off, you've got to be really careful, like who you work with. And you even keep when you your friends close, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's how it goes. And I guess my last, my next question, you kind of answered, but I'm still going to ask it. Um, of course. What's one of the biggest issues you've seen in the industry, like as a whole, the entertainment industry that you hope we can kind of fix as our generation of like youth start to grow up? I love this question because I've, I've heard it so many times and I love hearing about it. And the thing is we are the next generation, not only on the talent level, which this show is mostly focused on talent experience, but also on the crew side, which need to get more, we're the unsung heroes. That's what it is. Um, I think that the most thing that we need to really focus on in this industry is balance. Um, I have experienced it personally working on higher end sets and I'm still very green to myself. So like, I don't really have a say in terms of like what I think should go, but I've experienced it. And as non-union PA, who's learning about the unions such as IATSE and DGA and the, and the producers guild and the camera society, um, we just need to find balance between work and personal and especially with what happened with IATSE earlier this last year, um, not even really last year, a couple months ago, um, with almost a strike. Um, it was all about hours under pay and just conditions. And that not only happens on union sets, it happens on indie sets a lot. It happens everywhere. Um, I've slipped up too sometimes. Like that's where I bring up where like not everything is going to be all fun and games and glory. It's, you know, there's going to be times where it's going to be very hard working. And sometimes we're only working for the money. Um, and we really just have to be the bigger man in this situation. Um, our age groups are not either. They're just starting out finding work or they're not even in the game at all. And the one thing I hope that we can change is finding balance between work and personal, because a lot of relationships get destroyed in this industry outside of the work zone. And it's because they're not getting enough time outside of work. They're always focused on, you know, working on set, work with actors, work with the people that they've been dealing with for months on end. Um, we need more of just being able to find work balance and personal balance. And I'm still trying to find balance myself. I took a whole, the whole fall of 2021 and a little bit of 2022, I took off of school personally. And now I'm just kind of getting back into it. I was in LA for a couple of weeks doing networking, but also vacationing i just i needed the balance i just i wanted to go places that i have been able to go to in two years because of covid and covid's not the big factor of this whole game it's just the fact that this has been happening for more than 50 plus years not even that more than a, almost 100 years probably probably more like it's 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 an ongoing thing and i think in a couple of years time i say a decade or more i hope it's less but i feel if we're going to be able to change that and have 10 less hour days but you just never know so producers need to get what they need to get out and we can't control that but until we wake make our way up that ladder um we just have to make sure that we stand up for ourselves and the sets that we work on yeah that's that's so true i mean people brought that up a, a few times and i can't like say it enough and like 
put you guys on that platform enough to say that I've never been on crew or director at all, but from an actor side of the, the you're talking about like IATSE and the other unions for crew members. And then of course, for actors, there's SAG-AFTRA, which I feel like that's a very common name. Everyone knows what that is. I yeah. feel like at least from what I've known and from what I've experienced, uh, actors protections are always more strict and more, um, easy on the actors than it is for the crew, which, which makes no sense to me at all, because of course I've never been on the crew, so I can't say, but you know, I have things protecting me if I was, I'm SAG eligible, but not in it. But if I wasn't, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'd have things protecting me, hours, wages, people I can call if something happens. You know, I have my agents, my people that are fighting for me and negotiating for me and helping me and protecting me and all this stuff. And I, at least from what I know, a lot of the times the crew and other people don't have that or don't have it as much or to as strict of an extent. So I just hope that you guys get that. I, I think we'll get that at some point. I, I know IATSE has some great protection laws on them, but also the fact that um, we're always being thrown on crew to crew. I'm personally non-union. I'm not in IATSE. I'm not in DGA. I'm not in any union yet. Um, but um, non-union people do get it the worst on set sometimes because they're always staying there the longest. So there's no protection there, especially when you're starting off and trying to find work and get your foot in the door. Um, but those who have been stuck in those unions and working, um, it's it's very tough. And sometimes without representation, you can't even get your voice out or even be protected. And uh, you don't want to cross the picket line, especially how uh, some people have tried. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't look good. Um, it's it's a, it's still a process. I think it's really just where you want to go and where you want to end up. That's why right now I personally don't want to be not union right now. I want to just kind of be able to control my own destiny and figure that out. Or if I feel like going on the corporate side, which I still am trying to learn myself too, that's my goal for 2022 is learning more of the business side um, is just controlling your destiny. Cause you know, this industry is very hard to break into. And once you break into usually it's very hard to get kicked out. So <laughs> um, yeah. it's, yeah. So it's, it's really control your own destiny, especially while you're young, pay attention to things like see set etiquette, and just see how things roll and you just be an observer rather than a follower yeah that's awesome advice and and on a positive note of hope last few um things any plugs any social medias things coming out soon things you're working on things you're promoting all the things well i have a bunch of empty outlets um i don't really know what i'm gonna plug in but nevertheless um I have a website. It is www.flyingcardproductions.com. If you want to see any of my work there, some of my reels and uh, projects are up there. Um, if um, anyone wants to contact me, you can contact me. I just changed my Instagram. Um, so I got to update this. It's underscore Charlie Norton. Anyone wants to follow me, see my work, see personal, shoot me a DM. We'd love to work. I love that. My goal is collaboration. I think that's really how people advance is just to reach out and um, just network. That's how it is. I'm a very open person for networking. And uh, you can also follow me on LinkedIn at Charlie Norton um, and see what I do and kind of how I go about things. Um, I wish we had more time to talk about more stories, but that's for another future episode possibly. But um yeah, most of those are my major links. Uh, and if anyone wants to reach out, I would love to talk to you. I'd love to work with you in the future. This not only goes to actors, this goes to uh, talent and crew. Crew, talent, same thing. <laughs> everyone, everyone, let's talk. You get a yes. network, you get a network. Everyone gets a network, it's Oprah. <laughs> in terms of 
new projects. This year is going to be a good year. I think I don't want to put myself in the whole spotlight because that just doesn't look nice, <laughs> but I'm going to anyway. Um, I have hopefully another film that's I brought up. Maybe will come out at some point publicly. Um, you might see it on YouTube. It's not going to go on festivals. I don't think, but we'll see what happens. But um, I just finished writing a couple of scripts. I have a couple in the can. Um, I'm hoping to get at least two or three films off the ball and work on and direct. I have one I might be working with Brendan Egan again, um, which I'm very excited for. Um, I also am putting together my senior thesis film um, next school year. I'm going to be graduating college, which is crazy. Um, I am going to be putting something together very personal, and I'm hoping that it really makes its way and is something I can use for my reel. That's, um, I'm excited to get some new content out after graffiti. It's time to see some new stories. Um, and graffiti might see a public release this year. Um, first thing I'm going to say that um, I, we're right now I'm figuring out for distribution and see where we can plop it on. Um, that's our goal. But we have a couple festival screenings that'll be coming up. It's screening in it's screening in New Jersey again, which I'm surprised in March. So I got to get those dates. Um, but it's going to be a good year for 2022. And I'm very excited to be working with people I've been working with for the past couple of years again, and just getting stories out now. Like everyone has advanced so much. Everyone's focusing on their own stuff. I just want to get another indie project in and make some kick-ass content. So let's do it. That's That's what I'm ready for. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Justin, for having me on. I appreciate it. So yeah, that was my talk with Charlie. It was awesome to get to sit down with him and reminisce about graffiti and for him to give advice to so many young directors and filmmakers and screenwriters who are aspiring to do exactly what it is he does. And he talks about college and he just is amazing. I'm so glad he agreed to talk with me again. He is a real hard worker. He is passionate. He knows what he's doing. I hope any actor watching gets to work with him one day. He's just amazing. I can't say enough good things about him. Please listen to the things he says. He is so honest and just great overall. Stay tuned for the next Youth Industry Talk. Uh, We'll be back again next week.